0: Let's ponder. You know how a lot of companies provide solutions that their customers struggle to connect with? In short, a lot of these ideas are great, do not get me wrong. But usually they are executed poorly or are lacking depth and purpose. Hi there, thanks for tuning in for the Pondered Byte Show. I am Ilse Marie brand strategist and founder of the Ponder Lab, a Netherlands-based brand consultancy studio. This is a show where I talk about people and how they behave and react to brands and design. The goal is to help you elevate your brand by familiarizing you enough on certain topics so that you can take that information and communicate your vision properly to your audience. This is a Pondered Bytes narrated episode. These episodes are where I narrate an article I have already published. For the text version of this and all other published articles, go to theponderlab.medium.com. The link to this exact article will be in the description. Are your clients gossiping about you? on brands and how they connect. Today's topic, like the title says, is brands. Brands are often defined by examples set by loved companies. What are big guys like Apple and Nike doing with their products, ads, marketing and stores, and what will they do next? It doesn't matter, we'll just replicate it in our own industry. Believe it or not, this type of mentality occurs often. It appears that the word brand itself has a brand problem because it's overshadowed by what we can see superficially. We'll get into what a brand is in a bit, but we need to standardize it first to properly define it. What is a brand not? When most of us say brand, we usually think and mean a company, its logo, product, service, website, or even specific colors. Think Coca-Cola's red. While these are aspects of a brand, they do not come close to the definition of it. Most of what a brand is, is not tangible or visual, but more holistic. By understanding this, we realize that they need substance. We cannot blindly copy or replicate others because we believe that a specific trend, e.g. trends in colors, typography, logo, UI, etc. or our own personal taste might appeal to our audience. And while we're on the topic of visuals, it's important to note that numerous people talk about needing a rebrand without ever having had a brand. They misunderstand the purpose behind a rebrand, thinking that it's a simple revamp in visuals. A rebrand is necessary for a variety of reasons. However, Most of the time it is done with a purpose, for example, to manage a company's reputation, to reposition a company, or because a company is growing or merging. Mistaking this is a common path to failure, especially for people who think that all it takes to succeed is a beautiful logo, website, and marketing. Don't get me wrong, marketing is crucial. But I'll discuss that on another occasion. The purpose of marketing is to attract attention. It becomes a problem, however, if you attract the attention of your audience aimlessly. The audience naturally will not respond well, and it's usually when this happens that people want to rebrand. When someone approaches me with an identity assignment, be it rebranding, redesigning a logo or website, I have a set of questions ready to ask them. Humans are so fixated on solving problems that we don't notice that our self-diagnosed problem is a symptom and not the actual problem itself. Sure, you can change those things, but yet another quick adjustment of your visuals will not miraculously change the image the audience has formed of you and your company. When it comes to brands, their visual identity might be the only thing people notice. It is surface level. But if it were the only thing that Apple and Nike had to rely on, they wouldn't be so loved and respected today. Your audience is not automatically sold just because something looks pretty. That is art. A brand's visual identity cannot be careless like that. Its purpose is to bring everything together, grasp, and communicate with the audience. A better approach would be to ask ourselves why certain brands are famous and loved, and why we feel the need to replicate them so much. What Loved Brands Do Differently love them or hate them, at the very least iconic brands are respected. Respect is recognizing that someone or something has some worth due to their achievements. A logo by itself cannot be a company's source of reverence because it's not an experience. An experience is what adds to a brand. The following might seem exaggerated, but nobody having had a poor experience with a company will return because it has an outstanding logo. It's only once someone finally had an encounter with a company and what it offers that the experience becomes hard to separate from a logo. Iconic brands understand that good experiences translate to trust, and they choose to have their foundation built on it. They know that the best way to gain trust and loyalty does not only lie in being empathetic toward their customers, but in the reason they exist beyond commercial benefit. Sure, money is a valid raison d'être, but customers don't care about what benefits companies. They are people with a problem that they would like solved as quickly as possible. A lot of companies seem to forget that humans can notice genuineness or a lack thereof quickly. Where they lose pointers is where they disregard purpose and consistency, essential building blocks for trust. While a lot would just slap their mission and vision on their website and call it a day, well-known companies live by them consistently. They are, after all, internal statements that keep a business, its leaders, and employees aligned It doesn't hurt making them public, but they shouldn't be statements that you have written one afternoon and don't abide by. They need to be genuine and well articulated from the top leaders. Otherwise, it might have the opposite effect. Publicizing your mission and vision is like publicizing your goals and resolutions. People will hold you accountable. What is a brand? As mentioned earlier, the term brand itself seems to have a brand problem, mostly to blame on its intangibility. Because of that, there's no shortage of definitions. Everyone takes a shot at solving the chaos. Two of my favorite interpretations are of former Amazon CEO, Jeff Bezos, and the dubbed godfather of branding, Marty Neumeier. Jeff states that Your brand is what people say when you're not in a room. While Marty says that a brand is a person's gut feeling about a product, service, or organization. Together they sound like a brand is gossip and how someone treats another after hearing it. Well, sort of. A brand is more like a perception. This perception is driven by emotion that determines the likelihood that someone is propelled or deterred from taking a specific action. Trusting your gut is emotional, and gossiping, be it for the passing of informed or misinformed information, is also emotional. Being social animals, we have both signals ingrained in us, and they are fine-tuned to help us survive. Today, depending on circumstances, most of our decisions are not life or death decisions, but Deciding on what to purchase in oversaturated industries and markets is overwhelming and can leave us with decision fatigue. So what do people do when they are overwhelmed? They turn to their default setting, which means seeking deeper connections, both personal and emotional, with what they buy and consume. This is where the earlier mentioned gut feeling comes in to make the choice easier. Most of us conduct online research before making a purchase and would argue otherwise. Nevertheless, most of what we do, including the decisions we make, are emotional, not logical. In fact, Harvard Business School professor Gerald Zaltman says that 95% of all purchase decisions are done in the subconscious. The link to this will be in the description. Because of this, we can argue that a brand... Although intangible is a company's most valuable yet unowned asset, given that it's a perception that exists in people's minds. Each person perceives and experiences what a company does differently, so in a way a company can have different brands living within various individuals. It sounds abstract, but essentially, the audience owns the brand, and it is what they say it is, not what a company says they are. As mentioned, today, people crave deeper connections, but there's a caveat. If a company is dishonest or unable to manage expectations properly, news that in the past would spread over a small town would now get around quicker and further. A single tweet from someone can completely flip one's business upside down. Thus, as Marty Newmeyer discusses in his book The Brand Flip, the power shifted from companies to their audience instead. Not having a brand doesn't mean that you are excused from this. People have opinions and will perceive you a certain way, whether you intentionally create your brand or not. It's not all hopeless, though. Through a process called branding, a company can make a reservation in the mind of its audience and nudge their perception to coherence. How Brands Connect Brands connect by being human-centric. The actual term is brand anthropomorphism. It is a brand becoming an entity with traits, characteristics, and a personality just like us. See, humans have a self-obsession. They love to see themselves represented in and associated with certain things, even though their peers don't perceive them that way. Think of seeing someone on the street and thinking, that person seems cool, I want to hang out with them. Depending on who you are, you might actually walk up to them and strike up a conversation. And it works. Neither of you can explain what you particularly like about one another, But all you know is that something about the way they talk, walk, behave, and what they wear and smell like intrigues you. Now, think of how the same could have gone differently. They have intrigued you, but then had nothing relevant to say or are inconsistent. You would want to distance yourself and consider them untrustworthy, dishonest, and purposeless. This is why it's essential to have a brand that connects rather than one that constantly markets itself but doesn't care and is transactional. If a business slaps its mission and vision on a web page but doesn't actually feel these things internally, its customers will notice and consider them untrustworthy. Even if you don't have an established brand, at the very least you must understand that people don't appreciate being misled or having their time wasted care about ideas, or care about what's best for your company. Once more, people have a problem that they would like solved, and they would like you to deliver what you promised. It's a bonus that you can solve that problem while connecting it to a deeper purpose. This makes it easier for you to distinguish yourself among competitors. Not only is emotion a great strategy to follow when creating a strong brand, but it must also represent who you are, what you do, and most importantly, why you do it in an emotional way. It also lets the audience know why they should care. Simon Sinek, the author of Start With Why, is no stranger to such reasoning. He says that people identify with Why, not just with what or how. In other words, people are looking for emotional outcomes rather than a simple product or service. Why communicates to the emotional part of our brain, the limbic system, that long precedes our much younger and less developed logical thinking part, the neocortex. Therefore, it is essential that when a company is developing their brand, that they consider their audience's emotions and desires and figure out what role the brand will play in their lives to take them one step closer to that desire. This is of course aside from building a fitting solution for their problem in the first place. Wrapping up, today we use the word brand for just about anything relating to a company and what it offers. This is problematic because it causes some to think that a brand is just visuals, which in itself is a whole different story, but somehow they believe that it doesn't require too much effort and can simply be replicated from renowned companies. When that doesn't work, they self-diagnose and believe that a rebrand will fix everything. Usually, they never had a brand to begin with, and that visual revamp doesn't lead to the desired outcome. We couldn't be more wrong about the importance of a brand. It is more holistic than we give it credit for. It's a perception based on a person's experience with what a company does and delivers consistently. Based on that, a connection or a disconnection is formed. A company doesn't necessarily have to do something wrong to get perceived a certain way. It happens one way or another. This is because humans are very opinionated and any sort of inconsistency in any aspect of a brand whispers to our subconscious. Remember. Rather than leaving your business open for interpretation and people perceiving you for something you do not stand for, it's wise to hear this through a process called branding. Thanks for listening. Hopefully this prompts you to take your brand more seriously. Have you heard something here that sparked an interest? Please leave a rating and consider following or subscribing wherever you get your podcast, so you won't miss anything. This has been Ponder Bytes. I am Ilse Marie Learn more about my consultancy studio, The Ponder Lab, by visiting theponderlab.com. That is theponderlab.com altogether. This song is Waveform by MSC from Unminus. Thanks again. See you next time.